I'm Lynn Wolf, and welcome to this edition of our Rural Lifestyle Dealer podcast series, Selling Propane Mowers, What You Need to Know. Today's program features Jeremy Wishart, who is the Deputy Director for Business Development at the Propane Education and Research Council. PERC is a checkoff program established, operated, and funded by the propane industry. It offers resources, training, and incentives for those selling and operating propane mowers. This podcast is brought to you by Yanmar. I encourage you to subscribe to this series, currently available in iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and TuneIn Radio. Or if you have another app you use for listening to podcasts, let us know and we'll make an effort to get it listed there as well. Subscribing means you will receive an alert about upcoming episodes when they are released. Thank you to Yanmar for bringing us this podcast. Don't settle for less when you can have more. For example, Yanmar makes all its compact tractor's major drivetrain components, the Yanmar engine, transmission, and axles all in-house. Because they're made to work perfectly together, you and your customers get a hardworking machine with more usable horsepower, less power loss, and a smoother, more comfortable ride. Yanmar's tractors are designed to work as hard as you do for a lifetime. Strengthen your dealership today with Yanmar. Email them at agmarketing at yanmar.com or call 770-877-9894. Propane mowers were first introduced to the market around 2006 and today, there are about 15,000 commercial propane mowers operating in the field, 12 manufacturers offering dedicated propane mower models, and six companies offering aftermarket conversion kits. Jeremy Wishart of the Propane Education and Research Council outlines what's happening in the market and what dealers need to know about selling and servicing propane-powered mowers. Well, thank you, Jeremy, for taking the time to talk with us today about the propane mower market and opportunities for dealers. Can you uh, kick things off for us by talking about the evolution of propane mowers over the last few years? Absolutely. So as many of your dealers uh, and readers probably know, propane mowers in one form or another have really kind of been around since probably 2006, 2007. Back then, it was traditionally just one or two manufacturers that were offering a solution for likely very specific customers that had come to them and asked for kind of an all-fuel solution. Right around 2012, kind of mid to late 2012, several big influencers, customers, and and large equipment dealers and purchasers started asking uh, some of the other OEMs to come up with some, some options for them in terms of alternative fuel Uh, Most of them came specifically asking for propane. So that's when you started to see the likes of John Deere and Xmark start offering not just a single zero-turn rider uh, in their lineup, but multiple pieces of models and equipment uh, that spanned kind of the zero-turn rider, the stand-on, and the wide-area walk-behind range. About that same time, you also saw Kohler come to market with a Command Pro EFI, EFI being electronic fuel injection, 
uh, propane engine option, which was a 747cc engine. They've since gone up and down kind of the, uh, the horsepower and, and displacement range uh, with their EFI propane technology. But that, that really kind of got us from what I'll call uh, aftermarket uh, conversion solutions to a true OEM propane-specific designed engine solution uh, with the Kohler EFI propane engine. Right about that same time, and maybe even a little earlier, so we'll say 2011, 2012, the Propane Education and Research Council, my employer, uh, started getting serious about this professional landscape and small engine marketplace. That was initially a push in terms of getting demonstration units out to dealers, uh, a program that we did kind of at the end of uh, 2011 and into 2012 was a dealer demonstration program that placed 300 units of uh, propane-powered mowers into the field at the time. Over that year, those units acquired some uh, some demonstration time and kind of got the ball rolling internally for the propane council to ultimately then take that demonstration program and, and focus more on our mower incentive program to spur adoption and, and get people to uh, to see kind of the economic and environmental message and, and ultimately uh, purchase propane mowers and put them into their fleet. So that really happened. Those kind of things really happened in 2011, 2012. Since then, we've seen about 15,000 uh, commercial power or commercial propane powered mowers uh, placed into the field throughout the summer uh, or throughout the years. We've also seen quite an uptick in terms of aftermarket conversions. And when I say aftermarket conversions, what I really mean is uh, if somebody is to buy a gasoline-powered unit uh, from a dealer, once that unit comes off of the dealership floor as a gasoline-powered unit, they can then also convert it to propane with any number of uh, aftermarket conversion systems that are certified by the EPA. We have all those on our website if somebody's interested in checking that out to run on propane. Uh, those mowers also are part of that larger 15,000 uh, number. However, it's kind of hard for us to count those because there is no reporting structure of sales for the aftermarket at this point in time. As of today, there are 12 highly engaged manufacturers offering dedicated propane mower models. Um, there are six aftermarket conversion companies. So the momentum has built truly over the last uh, six to eight years uh, depending on where you want to start in terms of who got involved first and, and what has resulted since. Okay, good. Yeah, that's quite a quite an evolution, I think, in a short time frame. And and also, you've recently conducted a survey to help quantify what's happening in the market and um, some of the attitude of landscape contractors. Can you uh, comment on what you found um, regarding landscape contractors and their interest in propane mowers? Yeah, so... First, let's quantify what the survey was. It was a survey commissioned by the Propane Education and Research Council that was conducted through WESI Research Associates, uh, where we looked at 150 landscape contractors and asked them all kinds of uh, qualifier questions about their purchasing intent, um, their perception of propane, uh, and, and questions along those lines. Within the survey itself, we found that 34% of landscape contractors uh, answered the questions that they were somewhat or very likely to purchase a propane mower in the next three years. 
to us, that's a very encouraging statistic that shows that propane's growth will continue, that it's not just a fad uh, that, that relied on low gasoline prices, you know, that it's something that's going to keep going, happening. And, and certainly, from a propane council standpoint, we're going to continue to uh, invest in this market and continue to market uh, our fuel in conjunction with the, with the OEMs offering their uh, equipment to the end user. And then what about in terms of, um, you mentioned that they are interested in propane motors. Can you talk also about how they're ranking the benefits? I know you looked at that as one of the um, questions that you covered with them. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's interesting. Most of the contractors that make the switch to propane uh, do so first and foremost because of the economic savings or the potential for economic savings. They'll typically start out with just a single mower uh, maybe two. They may even convert some of their existing mowers that they have in service already. Once they see the true economic savings and they better understand or become more aware of the lower emissions profiles uh, and then the kind of the unknowns, the reduction in fuel loss, uh, the reduction in pilferage, um, and simple things like evaporation or fuel contamination, they really start to understand all the benefits uh, of, of propane in terms of their mower fleet and their business operation. So once they start to see those benefits with just a single mower or maybe two mowers, they really start to come back and, and, and buy another mower or two or three or five or ten um, when it comes time for their next uh, equipment purchase. And we've seen a lot of companies, large and small, that have given it a try and now they're buying more and more and not looking back to traditional fuels. They've, they've fully made that switch and, and several companies that we've actually seen as well that are looking at going beyond their mower fleet. Uh, can you explain what you mean by that, beyond the mower fleet? Things like their, their trucks, their, whether they're driving Ford or Chevy, or whatever truck they're pulling their trailer with, some of their service vehicles, some of their account vehicles. We term it propane autogas internally in the propane industry, but it's, it's simply using that same fuel that's in the mower uh, to power a vehicle. Uh, and the same things that you see with the mower, the economic and environmental advantages translate very well over to their on-road vehicle fleet. Um, you know, they can expect uh, fuel savings, they can expect emissions reductions. There are some incentives out there to help them buy down the cost of that transition uh, as well. So. Everything that they see kind of on the green side of their operation will also translate over to the on-road side. And I wanted to uh, talk about some of the dealer statistics that you found, but did want to ask a little bit about, since we talked about the, you know, the benefits, there are some obstacles as well. And uh, one that's come to mind just when you're talking about expanding beyond, you know, their mower fleet is the idea of, you know, supply as being one of the obstacles. Can you talk about that issue as well as some other obstacles you're hearing from landscape contractors? Yeah, so the issue of supply or where do I get my fuel, I like to remind people that they've very likely been driving by a propane retailer in their very neighborhood, their own neighborhoods, um, and their own cities and towns for years, and they just don't realize it because it's something they pass by every day. Uh, they kind of take it for granted. Uh, within the United States, we have surplus of propane because of the shale gas plays that are that are being uh, discovered and, and tapped kind of throughout various regions of the United States. 
We have so much propane, in fact, that we are actually exporting more than we use here in the United States. The, the issue of getting the fuel to your site uh, or getting the fuel to wherever you're going to use it and it's in purpose is, is a very easy thing to overcome by simply reaching out to a local propane retailer if you're interested uh, in making the switch to propane or just learning more about propane in general. Reach out to your local propane retailers and talk to them about the delivery methods, um, whether it comes as a full cylinder that you can put right on the mower or if there's on-site refueling infrastructure that you can install uh, at your warehouse or at your um, specific uh, location. It's the same kind of methodology that you would see in terms of traditional fuels being delivered to your site, but it's more contained. You're not going to spill it. You're not going to lose it. It's not going to evaporate. So it's um, a fairly contained fuel that's very easy to handle, very easy to transfer from equipment to equipment. In terms of some of the resistance that we see or some of the uh, hesitation that we see, I would say number one is always what we just talked about. How am I going to get the fuel? And it's simply just a matter of educating the potential customer about the delivery methods. Uh, like I said, cylinder exchange, on-site refueling. Uh, you can even go to propane retailer and exchange cylinders or, or have cylinders refilled at the propane retailer site if, if need be. It's a very portable fuel, very easy to get to you. Kind of the second portion of that resistance that we see or the second uh, issue is always, am I going to see a decrease in performance? Am I going to see horsepower loss? And, and what we've seen, at least over the five to six years that we've run the incentive program now, since 2012, all of the data, the field data that we've collected back from applicants and end users suggests that they're seeing run times that are on par or in some cases even better than what they would have experienced with their gasoline unit. Uh, the horsepower uh, is on par with the gasoline unit that it replaced. Uh, when you're comparing apples to apples, the propane to gasoline performance is basically the same. Obviously, if you're comparing you know, apples to oranges, it's going to be a different situation. So I always encourage people that, that bring up that as, as a question or a point of resistance to do your best to compare apples to apples. Do not compare a you know, 25 horsepower zero turn rider to a 30 horsepower zero turn rider. We're just not comparing the same pieces there. And then kind of the third, the third piece that we see uh, as the resistance uh, or questions or, or a contractor pulling back is always about where am I going to get my equipment serviced? Who's going to do the maintenance on it? And the thing that I always remind them is a propane engine is a gasoline engine. If you know how to work on a gasoline engine, or if your dealer or maintenance tech knows how to work on a gasoline engine, they can work on a propane engine. If you're doing conversions, the conversion companies have specific training programs that you can go through uh, to get certified on their equipment. Many of the OEMs, whether it's Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, engine OEMs that is, uh, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Kawasaki, Kubota, they all have propane components to their engine training schools uh, to teach dealers and maintenance technicians. Um, the same air fuel spark uh, concepts that you would see in terms of a gasoline engine, uh, it's just a gaseous fuel versus a liquid fuel that you would use with gasoline. So those are the kind of the three, the three big questions that we always get from end users and even dealers. 
We'll rejoin the discussion, but I did want to take a moment and again thank our sponsor, Yanmar, for making this program possible. Using ever-advancing technology, Yanmar continuously strives to exceed customer expectations and deliver exceptional lifetime value by integrating its products, services, and knowledge into a superior quality, comprehensive solution. Visit them at yanmartractor.com backslash new dealer inquiry. So far in this podcast, Jeremy Wishart of the Propane Education and Research Council has provided a snapshot of the industry, along with sharing why some landscapers are seeking out the machines, while others are resisting adding the models to their fleets. Let's get back to the program and hear how dealers can take advantage of resources and incentives to be successful at selling propane equipment. So let's switch then to talking about the dealers. Um, I know in the survey there was a, one statistic that said that, um, that even though one third of landscape contractors are considering the propane mowers, um, the 58% of dealers um, say they, not, they are not at all likely to carry propane equipment in the next three years. And so was hoping you could contact, uh, comment on, on just those two uh, statistics. Yeah, so it gets interesting in that there's still obviously some overall awareness of propane as a solution for contractors uh, that needs to be promoted. First and foremost, a dealer is going to sell what a contractor comes in the door asking for. The contractor goes in asking about a propane model. Uh, their dealers are going to take the time to either educate themselves and provide a solution that the customer is asking for, or in some cases, the dealer is just going to revert them to what they might have in stock because they don't want to take the time to learn about propane uh, and propane models. So certainly we found out through, through the research uh, that there is some work to do there. Uh, in terms of educating the customer as well as educating the dealer. One of the things that we found out kind of in the the research was that only 15% of contractors interviewed actually were aware uh, of existing equipment incentives to help with the upfront purchase cost. That awareness, that 15% being aware, swayed them uh, greater than those that were not aware of the incentive being there in terms of their perception of propane and in terms of their desire or intent to buy propane going forward. So certainly there's one point of, of education and awareness that we need to focus on in, in terms of getting out our message and telling everybody about the incentive. There were some contractors that were less favorable to propane, and it really came down to they didn't know where to find propane. They didn't know about propane equipment. Uh, and their local dealer did not have a favorable op opinion on propane. Those are all things that we can work on as the propane industry and in terms of creating awareness, creating educational opportunities, and, and promoting uh, our solution. But I think it's, it's incumbent upon the entire channel um, from propane retailer to equipment dealer to even the OEM. Uh, and, the, and the OEM's distributors to continually educate themselves, continually reach out to each other and, and form relationships to, to build awareness, to build comfort, 
and ultimately provide a solution that the customer uh, coming in the door, whether or not they're 100% ready to go to propane, you can provide, you can present them with an option that that could make economic sense for them. And I'm not talking about just, to, you know, in, in a year or two, but could make economic sense for them tomorrow when you factor in the incentives available uh, and the reduced operating costs uh, and reduced fuel costs. So there's a lot of education that still needs to happen there. And then I think in terms of the overall propane mower movement, we're still uh, kind of in that early adoption stage where we're transitioning from those that are those that are buying it because it's something different to those that are going to start buying it, what we call the early majority, uh, those that are going to start buying it because they can make a true business case out of it. So we're very early in that commercialization process uh, or uptick process where the customers start flocking to it. Well, and I've heard uh, dealers comment as well um, about the idea that a landscape contractor would not buy one or two, but would want to switch out their whole fleet that they wouldn't want a fleet that would have some gasoline and some propane. Um, and I know you had commented earlier about, you know, just slowly adding that into the fleet. Can you, you know, comment on, me, comment on maybe those concerns for dealers that they have to sell an entire um, replacement for a contractor's existing fleet? Yeah, and I think it, it comes down to each individual case and, and the willingness or the ability of the contractor to convert an entire fleet to propane or whether they have to kind of piecemeal, um, you know, and there's, there's many factors that play into that. Certainly introducing potentially a second or third fuel into your fleet. Um, you know, if you're already using gasoline and diesel, introducing a third fuel becomes, I don't want to say a hassle, but it's, it's certainly something that you have to manage. You know, and that may take a little bit of uh, a learning experience. So certainly there's there's an argument to be made there. Um, but what I would encourage dealers and ultimately customers to look at is if you're going to go that route, at least it gives you an opportunity to truly stack up equipment and see how each piece of equipment performs, what your potential cost savings are, and what your total cost savings over the entire lifespan of that equipment can be. If you have the opportunity to switch out an entire fleet, it, it certainly makes more sense. And there are several companies that have done that. They're traditionally larger landscape contractors, um, and they've been primarily working with some of the OEMs. John Deere uh, is a great example of, of a company that goes into, you know, a Rotolo Consultant Inc. down in Louisiana, RCI. Um, that converted their entire mower fleet to propane. That's not something that, that every company can do, but it made sense for them and, and the savings and the bids that they've been able to win uh, since then have been fairly enormous. There is a bit of uh, a learning curve, if you will, uh, in terms of understanding what can fit into your fleet uh, and how best to approach your specific fleet itself. Okay, and then I, I know on in terms of just dealers then um, who are interested in, in getting started with propane, I know you identify certain uh, steps they can take to just really make their way strategically through adding the lines. Can you can you talk about that, the, the uh, finding the retailers and your new dealer point program? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
On our website at propane.com, we have what we call a find a propane retailer tool. Uh, it is a zip code search tool uh, that I would encourage any equipment dealer to go onto our website, enter their zip code, uh, and, and see a listing of dealers that show up in their area. And it will give you the full contact information. It will give you the distance from your, from your zip code. Um, reach out to those uh, propane retailers in your area and at least start a conversation if you're interested at all in providing uh, a propane option to your customers. Engage that propane retailer, build that relationship so that you're selling then as a team versus I've got equipment but I don't know where to get the fuel. Now you're selling as here's your equipment, here's your fuel solution, we've packaged it together for you into one one sellable, easily adaptable, easily adoptable package. Uh, so that's step number one. Step number two is a tool that we launched in the fall of last year called Propane Equipment Dealer Point. This is also on propane.com. Uh, it is a propane equipment dealer zip code search tool. So much like what I just talked about with Find a Propane Retailer, Dealer Point is very specific to the equipment dealers. Uh, you, a dealer can go on uh, and apply, plug in all their information, and it gives them the opportunity to not just your contact info, but identify a person uh, responsible for sales of propane equipment, talk about the product lines that you have, talk about the services that you offer, uh, and then when a customer comes looking for you via that zip code search tool, your name, your contact info, and the services that you offer and the lines that you carry show up in the results. Uh, additionally, as part of that dealer point, uh, when we send out a notice about a new program, whether it's an incentive program or a new training piece that's available or a new sales piece that's available, any dealer on that dealer point sales tool will get it first uh, versus just seeing it on our website. They'll get it via an email blast that they can either download or go view on our website. So they'll find out about those pieces first. And then kind of the third piece is to utilize the propane mower incentive program. Go on to propane.com, research incentives, uh, read through the propane mower incentive program, understand what it is, understand how to use it as part of your sales pitch, uh, and understand what it can do for the customer in terms of the cost buy-down, uh, the $500 for a qualified conversion, that a customer can get back, the $1,000 towards a new uh, OEM propane power mower. Um, that is a unique sales tool. Uh, it is wholly funded by the propane industry. It is not a government incentive. It is the propane industry reinvesting in itself and, and trying to build a new market uh, with customers. So that's available as well on propane.com. Those are out of the three steps that I would tell any dealer uh, to initially start with. So find a propane retailer, utilize dealer point to apply and get your name out in front of customers when they're searching for propane powered equipment, and then educate yourself and your customers on the propane mower incentive program. Um, are there any other comments that you wanted to share for dealers either related to propane mowers or the industry or what might be coming ahead? So in terms of the propane mower incentive program, I get this question all the time. Is there money left? How long is it going to go? Et cetera, et cetera. There is funds left right now. 
I will remind everybody, it is a first come, first served type of program. So as we draw down funds, uh, you know, availability of funds uh, is something we're going to keep everybody updated on on our website of propane.com. Uh, there are still plenty of funds left right now, so the offer is still good. We're certainly doing all we can to carry that forward for years to come. There may be some tweaks here and there, but it, that program will likely exist at least through 2018, I can say at this point. For dealers that are kind of on the fence, I would encourage them to check out our website at propane.com. We have user testimonial videos. We have collateral that they can read into. We have research that they can read into. Uh, really educate, take the opportunity to educate yourself um, and, and see kind of what's out there. And then go back to your OEM reps uh, and ask them, what uh, pieces of equipment do you have on propane that I could potentially get uh, for a customer? Talk to them about demonstration units. Uh, many of the reps have access to demonstration units. And then last but not least, I, I can't encourage them enough to, to reach out to a propane retailer in your area and, and figure out how to sell as a true team uh, with the fuel solution and the equipment. Because if, if you go with just one part of the solution, it's going to be a, a rough road ahead. Thank you again to Jeremy Wishart for helping dealers understand what they need to do to start selling propane mowers. Jeremy mentioned that there are resources available for dealerships to promote themselves within their market, as well as the importance of establishing a relationship with a propane supplier and selling with a team approach. Once again, if you haven't done so already, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or the Google Play Store to get an alert when future episodes are released. And we'd like to recognize and thank our sponsor, Yanmar, for helping make this Rural Lifestyle Dealer podcast series possible. Please share your feedback on today's program by sending an email to me at lwolf at lessetermedia.com. That's L-W-O-O-L-F at lessetermedia.com. Or call me at 316 316- 648-3717. You can also keep up on the latest rural equipment news and trends by registering online for our e-newsletter. And be sure to follow us on Twitter, our, at RLD Editors, and on our Rural Lifestyle Dealer Facebook page. Stay tuned for additional podcasts from our experts and from dealers. From all of us at Rural Lifestyle Dealer, I'm Lynn Wolf, and thanks for listening.